Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And this is the fourth installment to a five-part series on fundamental financial planning concepts. What I'm hoping to do is explain some really fundamental concepts in really simple terms. I've recorded some videos and put them on YouTube. So if you'd like to watch the video instead of listening to the podcast, you're more than welcome to do that. In any case, this episode's all about investing in the share market, a, a really good summary of how to do that, how to use a evidence-based, rules-based, low-cost approach in order to do that. Now, of course, anything in these series general in nature in terms of the information and the advice. So it makes sense that if you're going to start implementing some of the ideas that I'm going to talk about, you really need to consider whether you should get your own personalized advice to make sure it's appropriate for your circumstances. Okay, so as I said, I'm going to get into how do you invest in the share market? How do you use a really simple low-cost strategy? You know, some, some people concerned about investing in the share market because they don't know a lot about shares and it all just seems you know, very complex and confusing and so forth. But don't let that put you off because you really don't need to know a lot. There's a really simple, low-cost way of approach of investing in the share market and you can learn over time. You will learn as you become more comfortable, but don't let lack of knowledge stop you because the lack of knowledge isn't going to be the problem Okay, so let's talk about the, some of the advantages of investing in shares and anyone that's been listening to this podcast for any length of time will know that I love property and I love shares. You know, I think both asset classes are fantastic. I invest in both asset classes and it's my general view that I think most people would be would benefit from spreading their money across both property and shares. So it's not about which is better. Is probably more a question of which is more appropriate for your current stage of life. So some of the advantages of investing in shares is, well, firstly, they're very hands-off. They don't take a lot of time. You know, if you have an investment property and you've got a tenant and property needs maintenance and these sorts of things, a good quality property is not going to suck out a lot of time, but sometimes every now and again, it will. Whereas shares are very, very hands-off, you know, virtually takes zero time to build a diversified share portfolio, which I'm going to explain and tell you about today. There's predictable levels of income, more predictable levels of income from shares than there is property. For example, if you invest in the ASX 200 index, you can expect around 4.5%. The yield has changed, hasn't changed very much over time. It's been pretty consistent around 4.5%, maybe higher depending on your tax bracket and invitation credits and so forth. Now, that's not going to come to you every single month. But, you know, over a six-month period, the level of income is pretty predictable and certainly from year to year, very predictable. Also, you don't have a lot of expenses associated with that income, unlike with property. You know, property, you might you might get $30,000, dollars $50,000 a year on rental income, but you've got a whole bunch of expenses to pay as well. You don't obviously have that with shares. They're very liquid. Shares are very liquid, which means that you can sell them if you need the money you can sell them and the money will be in your account when the trade settles in three days' time. And also you can sell a small proportion of your portfolio. So for example, you might need some money and you'll sell 5% of your shares. You obviously can't do that with property. You know, it's quite a liquid. You know, even if you decide to sell today, it could take, you know, three, four, five months until you actually receive the money. And you only can sell 100% or, or zero is no, you can't sell a, a small portion of your property portfolio. 
shares are very flexible as well. That's a bit of a double-edged sword. Flexible in terms of, you know, I can invest $1,000 a month into the share market and do that for the next two or three years. But if, if my circumstances change, I can stop for a month or reduce the amount and so forth. And so it's flexible in that regard. Whereas if I'm going to invest in a property, I know that the property's negative cash flow is going to be, say, 20 grand a year. Well, that's that's my commitment now is to fund that $20,000 a year. I don't have very much flexibility around that. Now, I said it's a double-edged sword because locking yourself in to investing $20,000 a year, say investing in property, is actually kind of a good thing because you're forced to do it year after year. And if it's a good quality asset in 10, 20, 30 years time, you'll build substantial amount of equity. Whereas if you've got the flexibility to stop investing, you know, your market might get a bit jittery. So some people might think, oh, I'm risk adverse. I don't want to invest this month. Well, that's actually the worst thing that you can do. It's the regularity of the strategy that is beneficial. And finally, very low cost. Doesn't cost very much money, as I'm going to explain, to invest in shares. So there are some negatives, of course. The most common one is that people recognise is the volatility rate. The volatility shares are twice as volatile as property, which means two-thirds of the time your return is going to be between a loss of 10% or a gain of 30%, really big range. So your, your returns could vary quite substantially from year to year. Whereas with property, two-thirds of the time your return is either going to be zero or positive 20%. Uh, so the chances of property having a negative return in a year is is quite low and much lower than what it is with the share market. And lastly, gearing. It's a lot easier to borrow to invest in property, a little bit more challenging and costly to do it with respect to shares. Again, I'm not saying property is better than shares or vice versa. It's really about just understanding the pros and cons, but don't let I don't know anything about the share market stop you from considering investing in the share market. Okay, so there's three ways that you can invest in the share market. The first way is that you can invest in direct stocks. That means that you can go away and think, okay, I'm going to buy some CBA, I'm going to buy some BHP, and I'm going to buy some Woolworth shares, for example. So you've got to work out which shares to buy, how long to hold them for, you know, if they become overvalued or poor performance, do I need to sell them? And then if you do sell them, you know, which stocks will you buy to, to replace those assets? So that's direct share investing. The second option is use an active fund manager or even potentially a stockbroker, like an active fund manager. So really you're paying someone to decide which shares to to buy for you. Now, most active fund managers charge about 1% per annum for doing that. And I'm going to talk to you about why I think that's an inferior approach. And the third option is to use an index fund or a what they call a passive investment approach, which means that you use a rules-based approach to building a very diversified portfolio of shares and actually an index manager manages that whole process for you. So in the link in the show notes, I've got a link to what's called uh, the Spiva website, which is some data put together by a company called S&P Dow Jones. That's a US-based company. What it does is, is looked at over the last 15, 20 years, how many active fund managers have beaten the market. Uh, and this data shows that more than 80% of active fund managers fail to beat the market. So really, if you're going to choose active fund management, which is the second option I spoke about, you've got a really low probability of actually doing well. And so the also, if the active fund managers can't beat the index, what chance have you have? Like they're the professionals. 
So what chance have you have, which means direct share investing is inferior as well. Now, whilst 20% of active fund managers do beat the index, it's not the same 20%. So over a 15-year period, for example, in Australia, 16.4% of active fund managers beat the market. But it's not that same 16.4% because they very rarely produce two or three years of good returns in a row. So in actual fact, of the active funds that are in the top quartile this year, Next year, only 40% will remain in the top quartile of performance. And in the third year, so three years in a row, less than 5% will remain in the top quartile. So if you are going to invest with active fund managers, you've got to choose which one is most likely to beat the index this year. And then within the next one to two years, you've got to sell that active fund manager because we know that outperformance doesn't persist. And then you've got to choose which fund manager to buy next to replace them. So you're on a hiding to nothing, really. And the analogy is that picking an active fund manager or picking a stock that's going to outperform is like picking a needle in a haystack. And the analogy is just invest in the haystack. And the haystack is the index or a very broad-based index. So, and I'm going to show you how to do that in a second, but the advantages of indexing, there's, there's many different advantages. So firstly, it's backed by overwhelming evidence. You know, all the evidence shows that if you employ this approach, you will produce much better returns at a much lower cost. And that evidence is repeatable, like because you're using a rules-based approach. It's not an opinion. Um, Stuart says, buy this stock. It's really employ this rules-based approach and you'll do better off. You don't need any skill or knowledge to invest in shares using index funds. You just need to buy a diversified index fund, which I'll talk about in a second. There's no skill or knowledge there. Anyone can access it. It's very low cost. Active fund managers charge about 1% per annum. An index fund's about a 20th of the cost. It can be about 20th of the cost. So, you know, there's, it's very low cost. Remember, fees for certain returns are not. So certainly look to reduce fees. It's very diversified, which means you've got broad-based exposure. You're not sort of trying to throw darts at a dartboard and really simple to implement. So let me get talk you through that, how to implement a share investing strategy using low-cost indexing. And the best way to do that is to buy what's called an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, which is really just like a managed fund that's listed on the Australian share market. And you buy shares in that fund, that listed fund. Now, you need a online share trading account in order to do that, something like Comsec or one of those ones, E-Trade. There's a few different ones going around. I think Comsec's probably the best. And you don't need to really worry about uh, trading fees because you're not going to be doing a lot of share trading anyway. And, you know, if you just Google Comsec investing in ETFs, there's heaps of resources there to show you step by step how to go about doing that. In the show notes, I've got a link to a ASX web page that lists all the diversified ETFs. So a diversified ETF means that you've got automatic exposure to uh, sub-asset classes like bonds, Australian shares, international shares, smaller companies, emerging markets, really a very broad-based exposure to those sub-asset classes. And the allocation is managed by the index provider, which could be Vanguard or BlackRock. They are the two of the largest fund managers in the world. And so there's a reason, good reason for that, because their products are very good. And BetaShares, an Australian ETF provider, also has some diversified funds. So it's really just about picking which fund you know, resonates with you, whether you're looking for growth, high growth, balanced, and then buying a certain amount each month 
of uh, holdings in that particular ETF. Not really necessary to diversify funds. You know, you don't need to buy some Vanguard ones and some BetaShare ones. I just pick one and, and stick with it. They're all very good products. So there you go. Hopefully that uh, gives you a, a really broad-based idea on how to invest in the share market, a really simple one. If you know someone that's going to benefit from listening to the podcast or having a look at the video on YouTube, as I said, the link's in the show notes, please share that with them. The, the more people that are empowered with this information, the better off they'll be because it really is a simple and easy strategy. Okay, that's it for me for this week. Until next week, bye for now.